Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to Watching Up, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, television, film, and just our sisterhood. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Michelle. I'm the other host, Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> How y'all doing, y'all? How y'all doing? <laughs> Coming to you live, not live, recorded, but we are in Texas, so that's why we're talking like that. Um, <laughs> how's it going, sis? Are you it's still hungover going. from the Oscars? I, maybe that's it. It's just the whole amalgamation of Oscars, spring forward, mm -hmm. work is stressful, mm -hmm. there's just too much going on right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you have spring allergies? I do. Are they bothering My eyes, you? right now, my it's like my eyes. I don't, I don't know what, like, I'm allergic to. Are they itching? Yeah, they itch. And I don't know, like, what, I feel like different allergens cause, like, different reactions, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes it's, like, the post-nasal drip. Sometimes it's the itchy mm -hmm. eyes. Sometimes it's, like, those clogged ears. Like, yeah. I don't know. How are March you March is a weird month because I feel like it never can decide if it wants to fully commit to spring yet or still be winter. Yeah, it's so kind like of chilly right be now. Hot. And then, yeah, today it's like cold. I woke up and my house is like 67 degrees. And I was like, like Winter um, tundra. But, yeah, in my, a tundra in my house. But my husband has really, really, really bad spring allergies usually. So every year when he starts sneezing attack and I'm like, stop sneezing. Take and a Benadryl. I'm like, why don't you go to the doctor and figure this out? So this year he finally went to an allergist and they gave gave him like one prescription and ever since he's been taking that he hasn't had like any issues oh my gosh yeah that's so it's cool. been like a miracle i'm like I mean, sounds like you should have just gone to the doctor this whole time sometimes men be just not doing what they should be doing <laughs> no i know and i'm like see the answer was within you all along it was there all along yeah. so did they do like a a prick test or they like, didn't I don't do know that because they, like... they their first like course of action i guess is to prescribe some sort of like nasal spray and mm -hmm. if that doesn't work then she says they would do like the blood tests and like maybe do shots but it's worked for him so far so that's thank good the lord because he's yeah. always miserable this time of year yeah i know the, they can really get you like it's not fun my doctor gave me a nasal spray last time i saw her she was like i would recommend doing this just like forever every night and i was like i did do it and it didn't really do anything so i just stopped but kind of I guess it's just a thing <laughs> like everyone needs some nasal spray everyone needs forgiveness <laughs> <That's all>. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it from the last song Miley said <laughs> is it everyone needs forgiveness Anyways. I was thinking forgiveness oh. is more than say <laughs> that's it's sorry. a banger as well <laughs> that's a banger okay uh, well I mean, I guess I can do like one last ankle update just to yeah, like Yeah, I was going to ask you. <laughs> because I haven't really given an update, but I'm in a walking boot. I'm getting around, so I'm back re-entering society. It's been great. I've been jubilant. It's Yay, been lovely. She's off the scooter. Off the scooter, can walk again. I actually took Bo on like a really short walk today. 
Just to like Ooh. try it out, ski in my boot, of Activity. course. Activity. Yes. And so um, I got to go to a St. Patrick's Day party over the weekend since I can walk again. And it was pretty fun, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't really understand. But like every year in Dallas, they have like the St. Patrick's Day parade on Greenville. It's like a big city wide thing. But they had it like last weekend, which I'm like St. Patrick's Day is this Friday. So I don't really understand why they wouldn't have it like this coming weekend. But I guess it's always like the weekend before. But it was last weekend and I went and I realized the day after how long it has been since I've drank alcohol. Because literally (laughs) ever since I got hurt, I'm I'm not the type of person to like pour a glass of wine with my dinner or like anything like that. Like I usually only drink when I like go out to eat or like I'm with my friends like out and about Mm -hmm. so being at home for like the past month plus I haven't really I guess I did dry February without really knowing it and then I drank a bunch of tequila at this St. Patrick's Day party and the (laughs) next day I literally was dead like I was like I can't get up (laughs) yeah I was like oh shoot I probably should have thought about how I'm not used to drinking anymore (laughs) and yeah and tequila it's like jumping in feet my first. favorite <laughs> or head but, first, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah it took me a couple days to recover so yeah I won't be doing that soon again <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun while it lasted yeah man I can't even drink tequila and not be hungover yeah and that's when I'm drinking like <laughs> normally <laughs> you went you went a whole month <laughs> I did unintentionally yeah. But I know well, you fun. got to go to the theater and I was supposed to be there, but I unfortunately know. couldn't. But tell us about it. It's a tragic tale. <laughs> Truly so. a tragedy. <laughs> For Christmas, Michelle and I got our mom, uh, like the three of us, tickets to go see Hairspray at the Majestic, which is like the main theater in San Antonio where like the Broadway shows come to. And we were so excited (laughs) to go. (laughs) And it came up, uh, the date was last Thursday. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, Michelle's ankle was not in any condition for her to be driving. (laughs) Yeah, well, for me to travel, like, for those of you who don't know, like, the trip from Dallas to San Antonio is, like, usually around five hours. Um, And it being, like, a weekday and, like, my husband couldn't come. And I just, I was just, like, feeling overwhelmed with the thought of the trip, so... Yeah, understandable. But um, so I ended up going uh, just me and my mom. We like we tried to like sell Michelle's ticket, but nobody, I guess, was interested in a midweek like single ticket for (laughs) a show. I would have thought Um, it would have sold like hotcakes. Right. Um, And then we tried to like last minute, tried to like find a family member, somebody who wanted to go. But ultimately, it was just the two of us. And I got to have an empty seat next to me, which was nice because those seats are a little cramped. I was thinking about that. I was like, yes. Um, So it was really fun. Like hairspray is just the one of the best musicals jubilant. in my opinion it's jubilant <laughs> that's the word we coined in cry. reference to hairspray 
And like, honestly, like, I think I like the movie even better than the stage show. I was going to ask because I've never seen the stage show. I've only seen the movie. Yeah. So I think the order was that the John Waters movie came out first Mm -hmm. and then it was made into a stage show. And then they obviously made the movie uh, with John Travolta from based off of the stage show. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I didn't know until recently. I would have thought like the movie was based on a Broadway musical. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I've seen the John Waters one, but I don't remember it very much, but I don't think it's even like, I don't know if the songs are even in it. I can't remember, but, um, so my thought is that a lot of the music was original to the stage show. Um, and mm-hmm. it was just so much fun. The girl who played Tracy was great. Um, the guy who played uh, Edna, it was really good, mm-hmm. too. Um, what about seaweed? Yeah, seaweed was good. I felt a little bit like, and this is something that I kind of, I don't know, I feel a lot of times when I go see stage shows is like, Sometimes there's like sound issues and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you can't really hear certain people very well. Mm. And so I was like, you need seaweed was one of them. I was like, you need to turn up his mic a little bit or hey. something like that. Um, but it was still fun. Uh the guy who played seaweed in the movie was better. Oh my gosh. Well, I think <laughs> Elijah he, something. Didn't he come from the Broadway? Oh, probably. I don't yeah. Know, maybe not. But he was so good. He's my favorite. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what my favorite number was. Um, I really liked Good Morning Baltimore. That's one that I sing a lot. Me too. <laughs> I just like I sing to my dog like every morning. <laughs> <laughs> and um the oh the um, Motormouth Maybell, um, I Know Where I've Been, mm-hmm. that was really mm-hmm. good. That one is like not, I love that song. It's it's like not my favorite sequence in the movie, but on stage it was really, really yeah. good. Um, and then they sang Without Love, which I wasn't sure was if that be. was in the show or not. Yeah. yeah, and that's my favorite song in the movie. Um, yeah, that's so a I good love one. That one. I like that scene a lot. And yeah, the end, really fun. the end song is always jubilant. Yeah, that was, that was, it was kind of funny because uh, I don't know, I guess it was just because maybe Tracy had, when she came in for the last number, I guess she had just come from a different number and she was like rushing or whatever. And you could tell that she was like very out of breath when she started singing. Oh no. And I was like, oh no, this is a long road ahead, girl. You're going to have to catch your breath. Yeah, that song goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah. But thankfully, like by the end of it, like, everyone's singing so it's not as yeah. like apparent um, but <laughs> love it yeah it was so fun I love going to the theater and so does our mom and so um she was she just was saying how appreciative she was <laughs> for her tickets and we were sad that you couldn't be there I but I felt bad next time there will be another yeah next time well yeah we can jump into some content that we've watched this week there's not we were both talking earlier and we were like I can't remember my brain feels like mush but there's yeah my brain is literally like (laughs) medically dead at this point so I don't I don't know and I feel like we're just kind of like post Oscars we need a little bit of a 
rest mm-hmm. <laughs> from yeah, I've like, kind of all this dove stuff. back into some like TV shows and like just stuff that is a little more like low key <laughs> after the Oscars, mm-hmm. um, all the fatigue. But um, on Friday night, I think I've talked about this before. But me and my husband have like season passes for Alamo Draft House, so with those, like you can go see like any movie you could go like one up to once a day if you wanted to which is really nice because we we really do go like at least probably once a week um so it's worth it for us but we went and watched scream six on saturday and uh, so thinking about the scream franchise i've obviously seen the first one and i love that one it's classic um but i'd never seen i don't think i've ever seen like two three and four and then when they revived like the franchise last year with five I saw that and then we went and saw six on Friday and it was honestly really good and I really enjoyed it I think it was better than five for sure and um I was really excited because I guessed who the killer was what? From the beginning, which I always like to try to do. Um, <laughs> is it someone different in every movie? Or? Yeah. So like usually at I I can't speak to two, three and four, like I said, but like at the end of the movie, the, the killer gets like murdered by the heroes, like whether it be um, Sidney Prescott or Gail Weathers, who are like Courtney Cox and uh, Nev Campbell. But uh, those are the original ones. And then they've in the revived ones. They have these two sisters, Jenna Ortega and this other actress who I can't remember her name. But one of the girls is, and you find this out in Scream 5, is the love child of one of the original killers from Scream 1. And she doesn't mm-hmm. know that because he's like a murderer and like her mom never told her. <laughs> um, but I mm-hmm. guess she got pregnant by him in like high school. And then so she has like... I guess kind of like schizophrenia, but she'll like see like visions of her biological dad, like kind of egging her on to do like to do murderous things, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so like usually at the (laughs) end of the I mean, they're like goofy slasher movies, like there's always like humor involved. They're like the killers always like so over the top. But it's like once you're like into the vibe of the movies, like it's fun. They're fun to watch and they're fun to turn try to kind of figure out and like there's a lot of like really meta jokes within like especially Mm -hmm. the the reboots where they're like talking about being in like a franchise (laughs) because like the kill like the killer has become like this iconic person in like culture within the realm of the movie so it's kind of like very like right meta so um no I really enjoyed it I'd go watch it again for sure but I think it was like one of the better ones I think from what I've heard from people who have watched all six they rank this one pretty high so I like a revival of a yeah of a franchise and horror is always fun so yeah so i the, actually so think five, you wouldn't be scared of these movies oh was five the first of the like revival mm-hmm. ones yeah how much of a gap was there between four and five i don't know that's a good question let me look scream four was oh scream four was 2011 so scream five was 2022 so like 11 years oh, okay Nice. Maybe I'll have to watch them. I don't know. I only know about the Drew Barrymore of it all. <laughs> That's all I really know. <laughs> yeah, she's not in it very long, but yeah, she's that seems iconic. And they kind of all like open it with that same like scene, basically. Kind of scene. With yeah. the phone call. Okay. Um, nice. Yeah, so I really liked it. 
that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Did you watch? Did you, you didn't go to the movies or anything, right? No, I didn't. I haven't really watched well, a whole lot. you were with lot. our parents, so like. Yeah, I wasn't really watching anything while I was in San Antonio. And I was there for like four days, so <laughs> four out of the last seven days. I didn't put on um, School of Rock or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, I guess we're going to go over it in Letterbox Roundup. Oh, okay. But I did make them watch um, That Thing You Do. Oh, yeah. Which is a movie that I love, but I haven't seen it in like so long. Yeah, me it was like I need to rewatch it I associate it, it with like my childhood childhood Mm -hmm. and I was surprised that they had never seen it because I feel like they must have like watched it with us at some point like growing up but they probably just don't remember I think I remember watching it Um, like with my friends like at a a sleepover or something I don't think I ever remember (laughs) yeah maybe um but yeah they liked it we were just looking for like a kind of like light rom-com type movie to watch while we were eating dinner Mm mm-hmm and that was like they opened up like their YouTube TV and that was like being promoted. And I was like, oh, let's just watch that. Nice. That's um, a good one. So yeah, that's fun. I love that one. The songs are so good. And then we've obviously like not recapped The Bachelor in quite a while. So I can't really remember like where <laughs> we left off. But I think I we were kind of chatting about it before we started recording. And like the season is just not hitting. <laughs> It's a slog. It's a slog. Like, um, (laughs) so I, Rachel didn't watch it, but I watched last night was Hometowns and then tonight is Women Tell All, which might be, I guess, a little more interesting, but. um, Hopefully. (laughs) The Hometowns were literally so boring. Like, I couldn't even pay attention. That's how bored (sighs) I was. Not because I'm like, oh, your families suck. Like, I'm sure they're like fine people, but like, I don't know. They like. I just wasn't invested in any of them, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know, like at the end, like I couldn't even, me and Neek didn't, like usually I can guess who they're going to send home after hometowns. Like I completely mm-hmm. guessed wrong. <laughs> like I didn't know oh, really? who he was going to send home. Like, cause I <sighs> literally can't tell if he actually likes anybody or doesn't like anybody. Like he literally has the same yeah. connection. I feel like with all of them, which isn't like right. super strong, but not like, I don't know. Like it's just. Which isn't promising either. It's not promising. <laughs> I still think he'll pick ultimately be with Katie at the end. But who did he send home? He sent home um charity, um, which okay. I think she'll be yeah. the bachelorette. Yeah. But so it's Gabby, Katie, and Ariel. Ariel. Yeah. Ariel. Um are the t- sense, are the I final guess. three and then next week and it always it always makes me cringe because they show like the preview for the fantasy suites and he's like, This is sex week and I like hate it when he says that. I hate him so much. <laughs> I'm like, please so don't lame. say that. Uh, Loser vibes. Like literally. <laughs> But uh, it looks like there is some drama next week. Like, I don't know really what happens, but like, it looks like Gabby gets upset at something and Katie's crying and everyone's crying. So maybe there will be. Of course they are. Something yeah, maybe there to will be hold some, on to. Some good, good drama. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I had like notes, like a few notes from the previous episode, but nothing really of 
substance mm-hmm. unsurprisingly I, know. I was just kind of like I was kind of like where did Greer like have to travel separately from them when they left for Budapest oh, from funny. London yeah. or like how did she get there <laughs> like what's there's a what's lot of the things that just don't this? make sense and like I don't know the more I feel like you get to know about him I'm just like do y'all really want to be with <laughs> right <laughs> oh and then yeah, I, I mean, there, this is so uh, not the point but like there was this rooms to go commercial like before the show started with jesse palmer and he literally <laughs> yeah, looked to, he looks like a psycho in that commercial like his, face, <laughs> his eyes are like i'm like is <laughs> yeah. he on something like i don't know like I just, his eyes are like emotionless whenever he smiles so it's like yeah. his eye, his eye intensity doesn't match like his well, smile or something oh you know what else is funny they had rachel Lindsay on watch what happens live last night um because she's like a big bravo fan and they just yeah. had her on and um andy cohen was like asking her she he was like there's a rumor going around that chris harrison like is in talks to like come back to host the bachelor like thoughts on that and she was like i'm pretty sure his team started that rumor because i don't think that he's coming back <laughs> oh, the call is coming from inside yeah the house. yeah she's she literally said that and like she was like i mean he's got a podcast to promote so i'm sure they're like starting like right. little gossipy rumors like that to like promote have you it. listened to his podcast or like heard any tidbits from it or anything not really i've read like i think when the first episode dropped there was like an article that i read some like tidbits from where he was just like because he like addressed i think i mean the... i think on his first episode he was just like saying like the same thing that we've heard like I messed yeah, up. Yeah, like no like, regrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I messed up, but I meant what I said. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like it was just, I don't know. I just think it would be so weird at this point for all of him all of a sudden to be back. Yeah, I don't know if that's the move, but um, I don't know. <laughs> but I, just I mean, how funny. much worse could that show get anyways? <laughs> I know, and I, like, I didn't really understand. Like I thought when like Caitlin and Taysha were hosting it, like, at least it was like something different, something, mm-hmm. I don't know, a little unique going on, something like in a different lane. And now that it's like Jesse Palmer, I'm just like, he's like, like Chris, Chris Harrison. Harrison he's 2. like, 0. he's like a shell of Chris Harrison. <laughs> like he's like yeah. the same like kind of figure, but doesn't have like the charisma to back it up. So I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess get Wells or something. Yeah. Like, like I feel like there's so many other people that would be more watchable than him but rachel Lindsay, she, she would, hosts for a living i don't think she would do it um <laughs> yeah but yeah it was um, funny <laughs> yeah weird weird stuff well i'm gonna catch up eventually i know there's another episode tonight but i'm not gonna be able to watch that either so, uh, so. yeah so i mean we'll i really feel like you don't need to watch the hometowns if you wanted to skip one <laughs> No, like literally yeah. nothing consequential happened except uh, charity went home. Okay, maybe I will. <laughs> well, anyways, I I really quickly wanted to touch on The Last of Us because the season finale aired on this past week, right after that mm-hmm. we watched it after we watched the Oscars, so it was like a late night. But um, <laughs> should I like 
I this know. one I kind of want to talk watch about it, because so. I really want to recommend this show to people. And I think something that's like been holding people back from watching it is like, oh, another apocalypse show, another zombie show. Like, I'm just like over it. Yeah. And like, there's something so like fresh and unique about this show in the way that it kind of tells the story. And yes, it's an apocalypse show. Yes, there's like a zombie like, like hanging over the whole thing that that's like part of it but it's not really what the show's about and like I really like enjoyed this whole season I think every episode there was something that was that I didn't like see coming and I think the way that and it kind of makes me feel like really uneducated about like video games in general because I'm like watching this and like knowing how close to the video game it is like I didn't realize how like narrative video games could be. And like Mm -hmm. this like show is really about like it's relationship driven. That's what the story is. It's about like his relationship with the girl. And um, and every episode it's like they're moving through the country. So like you don't really know what's coming. And like unlike The Walking Dead or something like that, I feel like in The Walking Dead, it was kind of a little bit like every season obviously had a new, um, they had a new goal or a new motivation that they were working towards. But like in this show, the motivation's like really clear from the beginning what their goal is. And so it's kind of like, okay, I don't, I, I'm not just following you around like you just trying to survive. You're actually trying to accomplish something. Um, and like, I don't know, like I don't really know if I can pin pinpoint exactly what it is about this show that made it so enjoyable to me but it's not like a jubilant show it's not happy it's very like emotional and like kind of there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on and I just really I really enjoyed it um and there's gonna be another season but I don't know I I really thought the way it ended was like unique like I'd never seen a like a prestige show like end in the way it did um Mm -hmm. So I really, I would like you to watch it and then hear your opinions. I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but yeah, every- I wasn't, I wasn't going to ask if I should watch it. Cause I know I want to watch it. I was going to ask if I should take off my headphones so you can talk oh, spoilers, no, but no, then no. I remembered, I remembered I have to edit this. So I'm no, I'm not going to spoil, I don't want to spoil anything. Cause I think okay. a lot of people are in the same boat as you and where they haven't watched it or maybe they were wa- waiting for every episode to drop until they like could yeah, binge it. I can binge it. But like literally <laughs> every episode feels like a little movie almost where it's like an insulated story. Not that like there's mm-hmm. obviously the through line of like Joel and Ellie, but like there's like op- one off episodes. Like I think people had talked, you probably heard a lot of people talk about episode three. It was like it really was one of like the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. And it was like a story completely mm-hmm. outside of everything that was going on with the show. So, um, nice. yes, highly recommend if you haven't watched it, HBO Max, The Last of Us season yeah, one. I will be watching it yeah. once I catch up on everything else that I have to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you should just take a sick day, lay in your bed yeah, and click real. play, play, play. Oh, my God. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Um, speaking of things we need to catch up on that we haven't talked about in a while mm-hmm. is Poker Face, which I think we should try and catch up on and maybe talk about it next yeah, week. Yeah, I haven't the second, watched. The second half of the season. I think I have maybe two or three episodes I haven't watched, but I want to catch up on that for sure. You want to jump into Letterboxd Roundup? Sure. It's been a while. Yeah. Why don't you go first? Because I feel like I just 
chatted your ear off about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember where we even left off. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Dang, it has been a long time. I know where I left off was... Um, the apartment, right? Yeah. Well, I talked about School of Rock and Beauty and the Beast and the favorite. Oh, we should say, if you want to follow us on Letterboxd, it's a free social media account where you can log and rate all the movies you watch. And it's fun. And you can put a little review that's like one sentence yes. and punny if you want. Um, my letterbox is mhi2490 <laughs> if you decide to follow along and mine is rachel high it's rachel with one a <laughs> rachel um, okay <laughs> all right so the first thing i watched since we last spoke about letterboxd was the woman king hell yeah which was amazing and another movie that we can be mad about that got no nominations Snubbed. at the oscars yeah um, it was awesome. My review of it was this absolute banger in so many departments got zero Oscar noms and I meant every word <laughs> literally. <laughs> because it, literally it could have gotten makeup. It could have gotten like set design. It could have gotten like, I don't know, acting mm -hmm. obviously, um, for a few different people could have like mm -hmm. snuck into the acting categories. Um, I just thought it was such a good, cool, like, story. And I know there was, like, some controversy surrounding, like, I guess the accuracy of it or, like, what light it was being told in. Listen, but, I'm going to need um, everybody to realize <laughs> that movies are not always trying to be 100% historically accurate. And if that is your only yeah. critique of a movie, I'm going to need you to log off because... These are stories. If that's your only critique of a movie, we have a movie for you this week that <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> that you probably give yeah. zero stars to when it's a five yeah. star movie. Okay, um, but yeah, I gave it four stars, and um, so did I. I just went back and looked. I thought it was like I liked it a lot more than I thought it, I was going to because I'm not usually into like a bunch of fight scenes, but there really weren't like that many fight scenes, and when there mm -hmm. were, they were like awesome. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so I have no complaints. No, the action, and I'm I'm not like a big action girly, but like it was cool because the t the style of fighting, obviously, like hand to hand combat like with like their mm -hmm. like tools and stuff it it just felt like really intense like it was like you could feel like how strong these women were um yeah 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 I and loved i loved it. um lashana lynch mm -hmm. she was probably my favorite character in the movie i loved her too Ugh. Spoiler alert, but I was so sad when she died. <laughs> I know. Um, I cried. And Tuso Mbedu was awesome mm -hmm. as well. She was like, I'd never even seen her before. And I was like, how is she I hadn't reading either. this movie? <laughs> like, and she looks is... so young, but she's actually like 30, I think, something like that. <gasps> really? But she looks oh like gosh. a teenager. Yeah, yeah. she does. Um, so, yeah, I loved that one. Um, it's a shame it didn't get any recognition or, you know, the recognition it should have. But mm -hmm. um, the next thing I watched was somebody I used to know, <laughs> which is uh, a like a rom-com that Dave Franco directed. Oh, yeah. Starring Brie. Uh, what's her name? Allison Brie Allison and Jay Brie. Ellis. And uh, it was it was okay. I love it was Jay. basically like kind of the <laughs> the basic 
plot of just friends where like this girl from a small town like makes it big in the big city and then she comes back and <laughs> like has to revisit her past and all of that kind of stuff um but it wasn't bad it wasn't anything special so I gave it two and a half stars I think Alison Brie is like a very kind of likable mm-hmm. actress she's so funny I enjoyed watching her and I love looking at Jay Ellis so <laughs> oh my god I love him so much um and then the next thing was once which we talked about I gave it three and a half stars um and then I just logged all of the shorts that I watched so I watched my year of dicks the ice merchants the flying sailor and night ride um we talked about i watched all quiet on the western front (laughs) my review of it was boom bang boom because that's all it was giving (laughs) it was giving bang bang it was giving bang bang shoot gun um i gave it two and a half stars uh then interstellar we also talked about i gave that three stars women talking i gave it four stars my review of it was women and children and ben wish off first yeah, because I love yes. him. <laughs> and Did then, you watch, um, this is besides the point, but have you seen the show This Is Going to Hurt? No. He's, he's, it's his show. And like, it's a BBC, I think, production. I saw the first like three episodes on Amazon a couple of years ago and I got really into it and then I couldn't find the rest of them anywhere. So I need to like revisit that show because he's really, mm-hmm. he's really good. Yeah, he's a good actor. Um, okay, so... <laughs> When I was home over the weekend, um, Fod was saying, Fod is our dad, um, he was saying that we're going to be, uh, our parents recently cut the their cable cord. Finally. So, <laughs> finally. <laughs> and so we were getting HBO Max through our parents' um, cable provider. And so that is going to be going away soon. <laughs> And so Fawn was like, we should watch that Christmas story that came out last year, <laughs> like the new Christmas story. Oh, my gosh. And so we watched that. Was it um, bad? It was not great. <laughs> um, it wasn't anything like it wasn't egregiously bad or anything like that, but it was just kind was of like, Was it like, like Ralphie's the dad now? Yeah, it was like Ralphie's the dad. He has two kids. Um, if you don't want spoilers for this new Christmas story, then <laughs> skip ahead like 30 seconds. But um, the so his dad passes away. Um, and it's just kind of like how he goes back to his old house and he's trying to like make Christmas special for his mom and for everyone and it's just kind of like one of those Mm -hmm. things where he's kind of cracking under pressure I guess Mm -hmm. but I gave it two and a half stars um yeah nothing nothing anyone needs to run and go watch (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then I watched that thing you do as I mentioned I gave it four and a half stars it's an old fave I love that movie and I love Liv Tyler and I wish I looked like her. I know. She's beautiful. <laughs> um, and then I watched our two watching up movies for the week, which were Manchester by the Sea and Amadeus, which we will get into shortly. <laughs> yes. Can't wait. Okay. So going back. Um, oh, I watched She Said, um, which is the story of the Harvey Weinstein um, the journalist who kind of broke the Harvey Weinstein story and started the Me Too movement. 
Um, and it was really good. I, I don't know. Like, it's hard, I think, for me to rate a journalism movie because there's only so exciting a journalism movie can be, I think. I think I've seen some really good ones that I really enjoyed. I gave this one three stars, but that's not to say I thought it was bad. I just don't think I'll ever revisit it. And I kind of forgot about it as soon as it was over almost. Yeah. The performances were really good. And there was this one part where um, Ashley Judd plays herself and she's in the movie. And she was like a very big part of that article and like exposing like all these horrendous things this evil monster did to women um Mm -hmm. and there's this part where she like finally agrees to like go public because it was like all of this like none of these women wanted to really obviously expose themselves and like kind of open themselves up to all the backlash that would happen but um she like finally decides to be quoted in the article and like make her name like put it out there and like it was a really emotional scene because like like obviously that was a real thing that happened to her and like she went through that so that was like really good that part um yeah but otherwise like it was a good movie it told the story well the two leads were really good but like I said I probably won't revisit it um yeah then I watched Armageddon Time which is kind of another movie that came out last year that was um like a director origin story. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? No, uh, nothing. I was, oh. just, <laughs> I was like, it I was, was just remembering it? watching it myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's director James Gray's kind of like the story of his childhood and the story of um, this boy that he befriends. He he's a Jewish boy, um, and he befriends this little black boy, and they kind of like get into trouble together, and they're both like kind of like not good at school and like they just get into trouble but like it's the story is kind of about privilege I guess and how that like shows itself even though this like Jewish family felt that they were kind of like working their way up and like not like part of society he became friends with this boy who like the consequences of their actions like weighed way worse on this boy than they did on him and it it's pretty interesting because I'm like, oh, this is a true story. This has got to be like really painful for him to kind of like go back and revisit this. Like if this is something that really happened, because like when you're a kid, I don't think you can fully like see those things like happening around you. And then when you're older and looking back, it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> that's crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, so mm-hmm. um I gave it three and a half stars. I really liked it. Anthony Anthony Hopkins is in it as his grandfather, and he was really, really good. Yeah, he was by far my favorite part of that movie. Yeah. I... I, I think I had given it three and a half when I first watched it, but I went back and lowered it to three because yeah. I, I didn't really love it. I think that the main kid, like really annoyed me and I think that was kind of something I couldn't get past (laughs) yeah I think I think I had that same feeling at first but then I kind of realized that was probably a choice because his like naivete was kind of like really played into the story of like everything that he decided really affected this other kid's life in such a huge way and like Mm -hmm. he just kind of had to play it off not that he was playing it off but he really was this kid that just doesn't understand anything yeah (laughs) about the way the world works so yeah um, no it was intentional I just like did it I just didn't vibe with it I guess (laughs) (laughs) so I gave that three and a half um and then I had my creed-a-thon 
which we yes. already talked about. So I gave Creed one, three and a half, Creed two, three, and Creed three, four stars. Nice. Um, then I watched Magnolia, which we talked about. If you want to hear my thoughts, go back two episodes. <laughs> And then I watched My Year of Dicks, and I just gave it a heart. Um, And then I watched Women Talking, and I gave it four stars and a heart. And I said, as a woman, I related to the talking and the indecisiveness. (laughs) Yeah, same. (laughs) But... The, the I'm we already talked about this, but I'm really glad she won best screenplay for that because the the writing was really good. Yeah, um, agreed. Scream six talked about it, gave it three and a half, and then yeah, I watched Amadeus and Manchester by the Sea, which we'll get yeah. into right now. Pew, 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 pew. Right fucking now. <laughs> and now we will jump into watching up. <laughs> Yay! Okay, this was a good week. This was such we a redeemed good week. ourselves. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, I definitely, I definitely feel a sense of redemption. Like I'm like after. Okay, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay, Rachel Elizabeth, this movie was 100 <laughs> percent my shit. This was like, I knew it. This movie is going into Michelle's Criterion collection. This <laughs> yeah, is same. like one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Like I didn't same. understand that I would love this movie so much. Okay. This Amadeus, where to begin? This is the story of um Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and Wolfie. Wolfie and his rival Antonio Salieri. The movie opens in 1823, which I was like, oh, shit, it's exactly 200 years ago. Um, Oh, yeah. Which is funny because, like, I love history. I love learning about history, but, like, timelines and, like, realizing, like, when things happened in time, like, I never really, like, ever clicks for me, you know? So I'm, like, thinking, like, if you had asked me before I watched this, Mozart I would be like oh that was like 600 years ago like I had no idea I would have been like yeah 1600 <laughs> yeah like, like I would have no idea like when I feel like anything before like 1890 is just like right it could be at any point in any time right, exactly so like when I was thinking about it I was like oh he was like living like 250 years ago like that doesn't seem that like long ago in the grand scheme of things yeah so that w- that kind of like shook me but also um so basically it opens with Salieri is like trying to commit suicide because he says he like murdered Mozart and then they like take him to an insane asylum, which you don't really, we got to give the spoiler, the spoiler tag. We're going to be talking about spoilers. Spoiler alert for Amadeus 1984 <laughs> yeah, and Manchester by the Sea it. 2016. <laughs> Go watch it. Um, so they take him to an insane asylum, but you kind of don't really know that he's an insane in, in, in insane yeah. asylum. So he's kind of telling you this story of like his life um, and his relationship with Mozart, which is such. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think we should also say that we watched the director's cut, the three yeah. hour director's cut, so, which I rewatched it. I don't think I've ever seen the director's cut. I think I've only ever seen the theatrical Cut, yeah, so. so I didn't realize until after I rented it that it was the director's cut, but I also think that was the only option. So I was like, oh, shoot, I hope I don't like think this is too long. And that's what I like 
you know, put against it because if I like yeah. had watched the theatrical version, I would have thought differently. But that was not the case for me. At it least. doesn't feel long at all. Yeah. So, okay. So Salieri's like confessing to this priest that comes in about like his life because he's kind of like at the end of his life. He looks very old and like the makeup looks really good. I didn't even realize at first that that was F. Murray Abraham, like in the makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, So he's kind of just telling the story of his life and his relationship with Mozart, which is like such a brilliant like frame through which to tell to start the movie, because like obviously, like we mentioned before, this movie is not historically accurate. It's like taking a lot of liberties, obviously, with their like relationship and like their personalities and stuff like that. But like framing it through him telling the story as like not a really reliable narrator right you don't really know what's real and what's not so like I loved that I love that so much it's the perfect way to yeah frame it so he's kind of telling the story and he's just like this guy who like thinks he's like his shit don't stink basically he like he's like I wanted to be a great musician I wanted to be a genius basically and like he was like I went to church I prayed to God like he's like basically this like holier than thou guy and he just like spent his whole life being jealous of Mozart because Mozart is kind of like this silly little like not serious like guy that just he's basically like in arrested development he never had a childhood so he is just like farting around doing like weird things saying like inappropriate things and like but his music is undeniable so like talent is just yeah god-given yes exactly (laughs) so he's just like jealous and petty and like he's playing pranks he's like (laughs) he's um (laughs) what he's like just behind the scenes like puppeteering all these like terrible things to happen to Mozart basically throughout his life and like I just I ate it up like yeah first of all this movie looks phenomenal I know it's everything it looks amazing well you could not even tell me I'm sure it's been like remastered but like you couldn't tell me that this was made in 1984 like it looks like it was made yesterday like yeah um the sets the costumes the sets the acting the music obviously it's all pretty much all Mozart it's like phenomenal and Mm -hmm. like basically it shows like and I don't know and I'm assuming with the director's cut where they made it longer was in those like operas and stuff where they're showing like the music I'm assuming those are some Mm -hmm. of the places where it got cut a little in the theatrical release yeah I'm not sure because I haven't seen it, but start to finish, I was like very, very, very into it. And I loved it. Captivated. (laughs) Oh, okay. So I just thought it was funny, like how obviously this is set like over 200 years ago, but it was kind of like the types of conversations. Like I was even thinking about it. And like when they were talking about critiquing like his music or whatever, and he was like, it's too many notes. And um, I was like, this is like basically what we do in our podcast is just like pick apart like (laughs) people's like art and like how he's like so like sensitive to it. I was just like, like it was just the same thing going on. Like history like repeats itself over and over and over again. It was so funny. It's all that's the that's one thing I love about it is just like how timeless the themes are. Right. And like, yes, it takes place in an extremely different time, but it doesn't feel 
that different no from, like the, like, the way they tell now. the story it was literally like I was thinking it was like what is this like this is like bride wars basically or something like that you know like something <laughs> yeah. like that where like two people wait, it's like bride wars but Mozart didn't know he was like in the competition basically right um, he was none the wiser right it was just like a bunch of like hijinks but like they're just mm-hmm. like in powdered wigs and like it's so funny um his laugh was hilarious every single time he so laughed good. I laughed um and that's something that I feel like could have easily come off like a little forced or like a little bit like where is this coming from but for some reason it like just worked because that's the person he was or the person he was in this narrative right and and um I don't know I was just impressed that I wasn't like annoyed with it (laughs) at first I was like so like because you know Mozart is like this guy like I remember when I played violin and my music teacher gave me like a little bust of Mozart like basically like you know like (laughs) he's just a guy that you've only ever seen in like an oil painting or like carved out of marble Marble, like he's not like he's not like a real person like with a personality like to most people who've learned about him in history so like seeing him just be this like goofy little idiot that like doesn't understand social cues and like is just like like I said caught in a state of arrested development I saw somebody like compare him to like Michael Jackson I was like yeah I don't know it was just like so funny um I did think at first I was like oh gosh he's like very over the top but like by the end you feel so empathetic towards him I feel like that it Mm -hmm. like it totally worked for me um I loved that the principal from Ferris Bueller was in it (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was like is that him yep (laughs) and then also Cynthia Nixon I saw. I yeah, was like, she oh was so gosh. young. She, yeah, she literally looked like a teenager. I'm pretty sure the last time I might have seen this, I like wasn't even aware that that was her. Yeah. So, yeah. I was like, this would be a great double feature with Tar for sure. <laughs> totally. Um, we need more conductor movies in general. Right. <laughs> I just love that kind of theme where it starts out like one way where you're like, oh, this guy, like this guy is the protagonist. And then by the end, you're like, no, he's he's the mm-hmm. villain, like basically. Yeah. Um, but also just like kind of sympathetic at the same time. Because it's like you can really see how badly he wanted to be great. And he he has a line I wrote down where he he was saying something along the lines of like, God gave me the desire to sing to him, but then he made me mute. Yeah. Which is like, why would you instill this desire in me, but not give me the ability to like fulfill it? Right. Which I feel like is so like relatable kind of not not to that, that extent, right. maybe for everyone. But but we all have those those things that like we wish we could do we just don't we have that little piece that's missing from us that somebody else might have Mm -hmm. and you look at them and you're like why can't I achieve that (laughs) yeah no and it's just beyond your control kind of I mean he lost me when he did that terrible thing to Mozart's wife like at that point I was like oh oh yeah I hated that but like I I was even shocked about I was even shocked by that rewatching it because I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot about Maybe this. Maybe that wasn't in the theatric, but then it wouldn't make sense why at the end she like wanted him to leave so bad if it wasn't. But um, it must have been. Yeah. But... Anyways, like loved it. Loved, loved, loved. So good. I gave it four and a half stars. Um, It could, I mean, honestly, you could convince me to go back and put five. I think if I, I think I want to watch the theatrical cut and just see the difference first because I don't know. 
I just want to know like exactly what won the, yeah, all the I awards. Wanna... But um, I gave it four and a half and I just said, little known fact, Lydia Tarr was a student of Antonio Salieri because <laughs> they very much had like similar sensibilities and I just yeah that made me laugh. definitely um I love that I'm so glad you liked it I I, I was um, I started rewatching it like right before we started recording because <laughs> I was like I want to yes. see it again see that's that's how I was okay so I said in the last episode like I first watched it when I was doing like a I was trying to watch all of the best picture winners ever mm-hmm. and so I was like in high school and when I saw it I just like absolutely fell in love and I like probably re-watched it two more times within that like Mm -hmm. same year and if you had asked me at that time like what my five favorite movies were Mm -hmm. it probably would have been in there yeah but then I just kind of like I guess I was like I've seen this enough times like I don't need to watch it yeah and then you come back to it like all these years later and you're like damn I should have been re-watching this over and over for all these years because it's so good um yeah I, I I can't remember exactly what is different from the theatrical cut but I'm glad I got to see this version of it too and I gave it five stars Uh, like honestly like I haven't seen all of the best picture winners but I'm so glad it won and I'm like maybe it's one of the most like deserving of all of them to yeah. like actually win that prize and be that good um highly I agree. if you can't tell we highly recommend this movie like you should go watch <laughs> it if you haven't seen it it's so good yeah please go watch it and um it won it's like one of those things where it won like eight Oscars Mm -hmm. but it's like kind of not one of the movies that you talk about like when you're talking about just like the greatest of all time yeah I don't know I was looking at like the other movies that were nominated that year and I've not really seen or heard of any of them I think I've heard of the Sally Field Um, one but yeah but I don't know I loved it I loved it so much so thank you for signing (laughs) it to me yes I'm so glad you liked it. Patron saint of mediocrity. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we should all strive to be. (laughs) Literally. And just be okay with it. Like, yeah. Literally. Like, that's the key. The the thing about it is, like, if he had just, like, instead of making, and obviously this is a lot of fiction involved, but instead of making Mozart, like, his rival, if he had just worked with him, like, he probably could have been, like, elevated as well, you know? Like, so. Yeah. And also, I mean, it, um intimates in the movie that he like poisoned him or killed him in some way but they don't know how Mozart really died there's a lot of theories that is one of the theories yeah. that he was poisoned because he only he died when he was 35 which I didn't know and he, he'd written over like 800 pieces <laughs> of music insane. in his 35 years which is crazy yeah, they said he wrote his first like full opera at 12 or yeah. something like that like yeah and then he died when like they show in the movie like he was writing his like requiem like and that's when he died and he never really finished it but I like went back and played that piece of music and I was like this is the thing (laughs) I was so shook I was like this is in like every like major like operatic like sad moment in like any like piece of media I was like wow you're like this is the thing he wrote when he was like basically on his deathbed yeah yeah it's so like (laughs) it's so chilling (laughs) and fascinating yeah um that's amazing I really one of the first things I wrote down when I started watching rewatching it was um how much I appreciated just like the setup at the beginning that little part where he's in where uh Salieri's in with the priest Mm -hmm. and he's 
playing him his pieces of music. Mm-hmm. He's like, he plays him two separate ones and he's like, have you heard of either of these? And he says no. And then he plays him a third and he's like, oh, I know that one. And I was like, that is the smartest, most economical way to like tell you who we're dealing with right, right now. Yeah. And it's like, I was just like, that is so... Um, it's like so simple, but it just like gives you so much information at the same time. So the screenplay was adapted from a stage play. Um, yeah, and I'm like, I want like, do they not do this play anymore? Like, I need to go see it. I don't think like, so. Like, what what are they doing? Like, I need to see I Amadeus know. on stage. <laughs> Give us a revival. Literally, like that sounds amazing. Like, I would go tomorrow if they played it here. Also, what I would just thought of was the the mechanism by which they frame the movie like I said from Salieri kind of like remembering his life I'm like I wonder if uh uh James Cameron used that same like used this as inspiration for a Titanic it's like the same like <laughs> shit like an old yeah. person like remin- I mean I'm sure it's not the first time somebody's done that but it felt very like familiar and it's just so smart yeah yeah yeah, yeah like you said those unreliable narrators <laughs> it's the best way to tell a fictional it's, yeah, story it's the best because... way to like get around those people that are like this isn't historically yeah, accurate yeah it's not historically accurate like, yeah, who cares exactly. it freaking rocks like <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's give some respect to the creativity yeah exactly um, so 10 out yeah, of 10 i'm so glad you liked loved it, it loved it loved it so much did i redeem myself after last week? yeah yeah <laughs> tenfold yeah it's yeah I mean, yeah, I'm glad. I'm still glad I watched Magnolia, but this one I will be rewatching. Like I said, it's going on my lists. It's it's it was great. I loved it. Good. I'm so glad. Okay. Not so to bring the tone I, down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On a different note, <laughs> pun intended. Um, I was assigned the movie Manchester by the Sea, mm-hmm. and by the way, this was part of our Oscars. This right. is the last part of our Oscar series. So this, um, the category I chose was best actor, um, and Michelle gave me Manchester by the Sea, which was what, which was the movie that Casey Affleck won his best actor Oscar for. Yes. Um, and I really liked this movie. I wasn't like entirely. This was another one, kind of like once where I like had heard so much about this movie but still like didn't really know what it was about Mm -hmm. and so um Casey Affleck plays Lee Chandler who is uh, a man when we meet him he's kind of like living alone in a very cold snowy Boston um working as like a maintenance person for this building that he lives in and so we just kind of see him dealing with like people with their toilets clogged and like sinks dripping and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and he's very clearly like kind of maybe depressed he seems like a bit of a loner like he doesn't really spend a lot of time with other people he's just kind of like drinking beer and being sad Mm -hmm. um And so that's kind of the person that we meet. And um, one day he gets a call, um, which is is clear that it's a very serious call. And then we find out that he received news that his brother has died Mm -hmm. um, in a small town in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So um, he has to go back to his hometown 
basically, and take care of the affairs surrounding his brother's death. His brother is played by Kyle Chandler, who I always love seeing. Isn't it funny <laughs> that his name is Chandler? Chandler, yeah. <laughs> Joe Chandler, played by Kyle Chandler. <laughs> I was like, it's perfect. Um, so at this point, like, he goes into the hospital. He, like, is able to go and see his brother's body and stuff like that. And then at this point, we start getting flashbacks mm-hmm. to earlier years. Mm-hmm. So after we found out he's died, we get a flashback to basically when he, his brother had been diagnosed with this like serious heart condition, mm-hmm. which it sounds like basically he could have a cardiac arrest at any time and just yeah, die. Congestive <laughs> which, heart failure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we get to see that. And, um, at that point he, his brother is still married and, uh, their father is still alive and he has a young son. And then we also meet um, Lee Chandler's wife, who's played by Michelle Williams, and his three children, who are, he has like two young daughters and then a baby son, I think. Um, And so we see him, he's, in the flashbacks, he's a very different person than like the present day person that we meet. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like something clearly has happened. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Um, So let's see. Let me look at my notes. Um, Okay, so we get kind of an idea in flashbacks that um, Lee is pretty close with his nephew as a younger person, Mm -hmm. but we don't really see him grown up quite yet. Um, and then, I don't know, these the series of flashbacks are just kind of very interspersed mm-hmm. throughout the story of, like, him. We see him just basically handling affairs, like, trying to plan a funeral, trying to get information on what's going to happen to his nephew and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we see him go to his nephew's hockey um, practice, and uh, we get to see the grown-up version of Patrick, the nephew, who's played by... Lucas Hedges and Lee has to deliver the news to him that his father's died basically and it's very like emotional like we kind of get it from the perspective of like an onlooker Mm -hmm. like they're very far away but you just kind of see the emotion being conveyed in like body language basically Mm -hmm. so yeah and then after that we kind of see the relationship between Lee and Patrick grow and we find out that you know Lee has been named the guardian of Patrick for the next few years until he's, I guess, 18. And um, and then there's a part <laughs> that I was not expecting <laughs> that was, like, very, very sad. Mm-hmm. It's a flashback to one night where Lee is having, like, a party, I guess, with his friends. They're in the basement. Mm-hmm. They're, like, drinking beer and doing drugs. And then Michelle Williams comes down and, like, yells at them for being too loud. And then um, they all go home and Lee decides to go walk and get more beer. And then he comes back to his house, like, engulfed mm-hmm. in flames. And we hear Michelle Williams screaming, like, her kids mm-hmm. are in there. And it's just, like, I was Horrifying. like, wait, I did yeah. not know this was a whole yeah. part of it. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Like, I thought this is a movie about his brother's death, but, um, yeah, tragically his children die Mm -hmm. in the fire. And, um, so that kind of informs who he is now. Like, it makes more sense. He's obviously, yeah, he's obviously separated from his wife and, or divorced, um, and he had to move away because the, the guilt was too Mm -hmm. much and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of (laughs) where I was like, oh shit. This is a sad ass yeah. movie. <laughs> and 
Um, and so that's kind of where the flashbacks mm-hmm. end, I guess, kind of. But but like I said, we get this relationship between uncle and nephew that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed their <laughs> dynamic. And it, it was funny. Like So you were saying like last week that you loved the Lucas mm-hmm. Hedges performance in this. And I totally agree. Like he's definitely yeah. my favorite part of the movie um he's just such a good like I was thinking about it and I was like is he like the best teen actor of his generation yeah, when you watch like, him you're like that so is a real a teen. teenage boy and that is how they yeah, would act he can in play situation and that's literally it's yeah. so realistic his portrayal yeah he could play like the shithead like troublemaker but, but he can also endearing. play like the yeah. lovable like the one yeah. you're rooting for like he can play one or the other and he can also play both mm-hmm. in the same character yeah. it's crazy i think he's so talented yeah that's kind of the the, um, the the dynamic they have in this movie where he's just like a pain in his ass but he like loves him so much that yeah. he would do anything for him like you know yeah <laughs> and he's not even like as i don't know so what i was expecting with that lucas hedges character was kind of more like an angsty teen like going down the wrong path and causing trouble for the people who mm-hmm. care about him and like all of that kind of stuff and that was not at all what this character was like he was very like respectful Mm -hmm. and he you could tell that he cared about the Mm -hmm. people around him and like he seemed very like emotionally intelligent like he was always the one who kind of like wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about things whereas like the Casey Affleck character was very much like Mm -hmm. walls up like I'm not gonna show any emotion and so I really appreciated that about you know the teen character because it's not exactly what you would expect especially in like a Massachusetts men who like to go fishing yeah (laughs) I thought the setting was so brilliant because like you you touched on it but like basically this movie is like a very realistic study of like grief and depression and like how that can change a person sometimes there's things that happen in your life that you just don't come back from and like you're a different person after that after whatever you go through and like I think framing it in that like that's such an emotional thing but then like setting it in Massachusetts with these like dudes that don't really have the emotional vocabulary to like express themselves properly is so brilliant because like you can just feel like the lump in their throats but they can't like really go there fully (laughs) like you know yeah it's it was was so effective I felt like yeah you definitely really felt like just his guilt and like what he's had to like carry throughout all these years and like I don't know just that feel it like really conveyed that feeling of like feeling like you've made such a big Mm -hmm. mistake that you're fated to make the same mistake again so you do everything in your power Mm -hmm. to like avoid it and so (laughs) basically that means just like putting up walls and like not making yourself vulnerable Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so I really liked that theme even though it was like a really sad movie it's just like true life like conveying these real things that people go through like every day what did you think of Casey Um, Affleck so I liked that performance so (laughs) i i thought his performance was really good um it was very like Mm -hmm. understated the only thing that i like kind of wasn't sure about was i thought maybe it was too understated in like the moments of losing Mm -hmm. his children um Mm -hmm. did you rewatch it i did yeah i they didn't really show much of like his 
they showed him like right after the tragedy occurred and I think he was in shock obviously and like that was kind of like so I think that's why that was understated but then like when the police questioned him and like his only like recourse at that time was to like take the cop's gun and try to kill himself like that that really got yeah. me <laughs> I was like that hit yeah I think I was more I was more kind of like question mark about the part where they're like carrying his kids off in like body bags and he's talking to the police and yeah he was in shock but um this was another Michelle Williams <laughs> performance where I was like so she was nominated for an Oscar for this, huh? And it's not because she wasn't good. I do think she was good, but she really only had like one scene. It was for yeah, that one she scene. She only had one scene where she was showing, she was giving anything. And I was like, I mean, it was like two <laughs> minutes. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and it wasn't like an Anne Hathaway and Les Mis two minutes. It was like a, okay, yeah, she's upset. I saw a funny minutes. review that was like, is Michelle Williams ever in a movie where her marriage goes well? <laughs> Like, it's always literally yeah. the same shit. Like, <laughs> no, she gets divorced or her children die or, like, something tragic happens. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she gets cheated on. Yeah. She cheats. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I do. I like her as an actress. I honestly thought I liked her. I liked her performance in this, I think, more than I mm-hmm. liked it in The Fablemans. It just felt a little bit mm-hmm. more, like, genuine. But, yeah, um, I... I saw that she was nominated. Obviously, Casey Affleck won, and then Lucas Hedges mm-hmm. was also nominated. Where so. has he gone? I was looking him <laughs> up, and I was like, oh, he hasn't really been in anything since 2017-ish. Yeah, I remember 2018, the big year of Ben is Back, Boy Erased, and Beautiful Boy, which he wasn't in, but everyone got confused <laughs> with Boy Erased. Or 2018, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I see him Yeah, 2018. Soon. I hope he hasn't quit. I hope he's so. so good. No, I don't think he has. He's definitely got an Oscar in his future if he chooses to continue. But what um, was your review? Oh, I gave it four stars. I don't think I wrote anything. I gave it four stars too, and I said, inject the word shock in a Boston accent into my veins. <laughs> yes, I love <laughs> I the love accent. I love it when they say shark. Shock. It's not a shock. <laughs> it's not a shock. <laughs> I was dying. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, I also think that setting it in Massachusetts, like, in and of itself gave it um, some comedic relief just because the accent is funny. Like, yeah. just hearing them talk is funny. Like, yeah. and there's obviously, like, moments between him and his nephew that are funny. And, like, th- there's those, like, very needed, like, moments of comedy relief. within. Yeah. yeah. And it's also so realistic because, like, there's those moments, like, right after, like, he told him his dad passed away where they're, like, kind of arguing about stuff and, like, neither one of them really know what to do in this situation. Yeah, yeah. And it's just I, awkward and funny, <laughs> like, you know, so. I laughed at the part where <laughs> they were, like, driving up to the hospital. Yeah. And Lucas Hedges was like, well, let's just go. Because he was trying to decide if he wanted to go see his dad's body or not. Yeah. And he was like, well, let's just go. 
and Casey Affleck misunderstood and like drove away and he was, he was about to get out of the car <laughs> and they like, were like yelling at each other like, leg off. yeah like, I was like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> and they were like screaming at each other for like five seconds and then they stopped and he was like I'm sorry <laughs> yeah and I was like yeah, yeah that's about that's, that's literally very... what would happen and then like his friends <laughs> come over and they're like talking about like star trek or something dumb and he's just sitting there like traumatized because his dad just died like, yeah his friends are literally yelling about star trek like um. yeah i did i guess i did like like it more than i thought i would i think the reason i haven't seen it yet was just because i was like well that's like a depressing movie i don't right really for anyone feel watching, like watching it's not that. it's not a feel-good movie like, <laughs> yeah you need to watch this if you're in the mood to cry and feel something mm-hmm. like that's the only yeah. time i would say watch this but i i, th- I yeah. think it's worth your time at the end of the day um, right i yeah. definitely like was was full-on crying like in that middle portion of his kids dying and him mm-hmm. trying to like you know, taking the cop, cop's gun. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is so emotional. Yeah. Um, but I also, the there was a effective. small little part that I didn't, I don't think noticed the first time I watched it that I noticed this time where he's um, kind of doing this like, <laughs> this um, like fixer upper job or something. And the guy comes and talks to him. And he's like, I knew your dad. Like, Mm -hmm. I heard your brother just died. And then he's like, yeah, he doesn't really talk to anybody that much. But the guy, like, dives into, like, how his father died when he was, like, 10 or something. And, like, he tells this, like, horrific story about how his father, like, (laughs) went out on a boat and just, like, never returned. And, and, like, he's, like, just telling, like, this to Casey Affleck as he's, like, fixing a pipe. And I was like, that is so, such a, like... It's funny, but at the same time, it's like there's so many people out there in the world where like just the most horrific shit has happened to them. And they're just like they just keep going like, you know, like (laughs) I think that's what it's trying to convey. Like you you really don't know what people have gone through. And there's so many like scenarios and things that have happened like, you know, and it's like he's just telling the story like he's told it a million times. Like (laughs) My dad disappeared at sea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. yeah. What a good week i'm so proud of us yeah (laughs) we recommend both films Mm -hmm. all right so okay so since oscars are over we need a new theme (laughs) so we thought um tomorrow well we'll we'll be dropping this on thursday march 16th so tomorrow's saint patrick's day so i thought it'd be fun to do like an irish theme and also like this year at the oscars i feel like ireland was like very represented well represented yeah Yeah, between banshees and an irish goodbye um and some other stuff but so let's do ireland movies what you got for me okay so we have talked about this movie previously um on this podcast just kind of in passing and i know you said you've seen parts of it but i just didn't really feel as um excited about the other options that I had so I decided to give you Sing Street yay Um, so it's as we've talked about it's directed by the same guy who did once and it takes place in Ireland in the 80s and it has a very 80s vibe and it's basically just about these kids who form a band and uh make music and want to be famous so (laughs) I think you'll like it. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I think I will like this. Obviously, I love. Is it? A, it's a musical. Yeah, it's a musical, and 
I mean, I was talking about with that thing you do, how like their fictional like pop songs in that movie are so good. Um, mm-hmm. This is another movie with like really good written for. Is James Corden in it? I don't think so. Okay, I good. don't remember him being in it. The guy <laughs> who plays. For some reason, a, I thought he was in something like that. The guy who plays Florence Pugh's like boyfriend in. Um, Florence Pugh's what's it in it. Oh. No. Oh. In what's the movie, uh, the Ari Aster movie? Oh, Midsummer. Yeah, the guy who plays her boyfriend in that is in it. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so I'm yeah. excited. I think it's available for free on some several different platforms, so if I'm okay. remembering Okay, well, this is becoming a theme because you assigned me, like, a feel-good movie and I assigned you, like, some depressing shit. <laughs> Amazing. But um, I want to assign you The Wonder. Um, uh, speaking of Florence. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, are we both assigning Florence P movies? This movie came out last year in 2022, and I feel like... I didn't really hear that much about it. It kind of dropped quietly on Netflix and like Mm -hmm. everyone called it a day, but I watched (laughs) it and I was, I really, really enjoyed it. Like, honestly, it had some like, even like scenes that, and I'm, I'm excited to hear like your thoughts, but like some cinematography that's very similar to the Banshees of Inna Sharon. And so like, and some, in some ways I kind of feel like it did it a little better that movie um okay so this is i'll just read the um synopsis set in irish midlands in 1859 as an english nurse Libright goes to a tiny village to observe what some see as a medical anomaly and others a miracle that a girl has survived without food for months tourists flock to see 11 year old anna o'donnell and a journalist has come to cover the sensation as two strangers transform each other's lives in a story of love pitted against evil so basically florence Pugh is like a nurse and she's called to this girl who um, apparently hasn't eaten in months, but she's like doing fine. So they're like, it's a miracle. Like this was in the time of like people seeing like signs and like, like this is this piece of toast was sent from the Lord. Like, you know, like stuff like (laughs) that. Apparitions. (laughs) Yeah. People think that she's like touched by God and like are coming to her to like heal their children and Mm -hmm. like stuff like that. Basically this like council of people from the town have hired her as a nurse to come monitor the girl and then a nun to come and they kind of do shifts like so they're trying to figure out if this is like a medical anomaly or like something else like something like Mm -hmm. god inspired going on basically and i don't want to say anything else that's really like (laughs) yeah like it goes places you might not expect um yeah i have no idea like I haven't even heard anything besides like seeing photos of Florence Pugh in this movie she's very very good in this like literally everybody is good um yeah so I think it's on Netflix still so should be folk yeah it should be awesome I'm excited yes Ireland Ireland won't do we won't do too many accents in the next episode. <laughs> I just Thomas. love it because in, in the movie, like, Florence Pugh's obviously English, not Irish, but Irish. Irish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they just say, the wonder. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like <laughs> that's all they say. <laughs> the whole movie, everyone's just like, she's Wanda. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, that was terrible. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Um, anyways, the feckin' Wanda. <laughs> this has been a great episode. Everybody, go watch Amadeus if you haven't seen it. Please, please, please. Yeah. All right. Until next time, this is Watching Up. You can email it, uh, email us at watchinguppod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at watchinguppod. And we'll be back next week with more thoughts. More Watching Up. See y'all next week. Bye. Bye. No, no, that's all I have to say. Thank you.